0: Cardano Foundation Collaboration brings the supply chain to the blockchain in a real-world use case. Input-output introduces token locking. And we talk to Adoja Wolf about his Internet of Things business and the Cardano tokenization scheme he's cooked up as part of it all. That's all coming up next on your Cardano Update. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Cardano update. It is the 4th of December, 2020. I'm your host, James Kiever. I'm one of three stake pool operators at United States of Cardano, ticker USA01, a premier high pledge competitive fee stake pool that's standing by, nowhere near saturation. Won't be saturated after the K parameter adjustment on Sunday. And if things stay as they are, we're even safe for the second K parameter adjustment in March. So if you uh, need a pool, if you've got to redelegate because your pool is going to be oversaturated, uh, consider United States of Cardano ticker USA01. We would love to have you. Also, if you would, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. And with all of that said, the Cardano Foundation developed a proof-of-concept supply chain with ScanTrust, a global connected goods platform. They've managed to do this using secured QR codes that makes displaying unique item information such as origin, time in transit, and stops along the supply chain easy to access and verify. To prove these concepts work, they partnered with Bayaz Wine, located in the Emirati region of western Georgia. Importing to 12 different international markets made this a perfect opportunity to put the supply chain on the blockchain and track everything, proving to be a functional and low-cost supply chain traceability solution. Now this is really important news as it solves a large logistics problem and demonstrates a real-world use case for the Cardano blockchain, all brought to you courtesy of the Cardano Foundation. They released a blog post all about this collaboration, resulting in the supply chain proof of concept, and we'll post the link to it if you'd like to learn more in the description of this video. Another huge use case many are waiting for with bated breath are non-fungible tokens, native assets, and multi-asset tokens. And we're supposed to see all of these with Gogan. But what exactly will that look like? Will they just turn on Gogan and all of a sudden the network will support these new features? Sort of. Cardano has a fairly unique update mechanism called the Hard Fork Combinator, which allows the protocol to be updated in real time with no loss of data or downtime of block production. There are two upcoming hard forks that'll usher in Gogan's functionality, Allegra and Mary. And using the Hard Fork Combinator makes for a seamless end user experience. In fact, end users shouldn't notice any downtime at all. One of the first functions we'll see right away is the token locking feature, which is just a way of recording what a specific token is being used for. Now, until now, there's only been ADA, but soon there will be many custom tokens on the network. And locking them just means you're reserving them, locking them up for a specified period of time. Alongside this, we'll see the integration of metadata on the network. And all of these ingredients will make multi-asset native asset and non-fungible tokens possible on the Cardano blockchain moving forward. Input Output released a blog post about it all that goes into way more depth, and we'll be sure to include a link to that in the description of this video in case you'd like to know more. Expect to see creative use cases for tokenomics as we move forward. Joining us to discuss his own use of tokenomics. A Doja Wolf, a stake pool operator and entrepreneur. Kyle, you've got a fascinating business going on behind the scenes. I was just on your website looking at all the little components you can get. I can't even begin to do it justice for our audience. Maybe you can give us the elevator pitch on what a Internet of Things is all about.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I wanted to contribute something to Cardano, which was kind of uh, slightly outside the. Um, scope of economic identity and kind of veer towards the commercialization aspect and focus on uh, economic opportunity, right? Which is a subset, I believe, of economic identity. Um, And in regards to Doja, it's basically an end-to-end Wi-Fi platform that allows you to create, define, and deploy custom Wi-Fi control systems literally within minutes. So there's no coding required, no technical expertise required, Um, individuals can take off-the-shelf sensors and plug them into open hardware and use our platform for free to create all kinds of different goodies. You know, I've got customers that are making automated watering systems. I've got customers that are making natural gas detectors. I've got customers that are automating their Christmas tree so it turns on when they walk into the room on motion detect. So you can get really, really creative with this kind of stuff and where i wanted to take it is you've got iot data which is you know that's one application where we might be able to incentivize our users for letting us you know collect and sell their data but it'd have to be useful right like moisture data or temperature data and we've got enough there to incentivize that portion of it so users can you know leverage the token and earn the token while we find time to monetize that but i think the real play is gogan right where we've got our users now who are creating all kinds of different things, giving them the ability to sell and monetize or license their data profiles for other users that are less technical, could just purchase profile packages take the same open hardware, maybe watch the customer's YouTube video on how they all put it together, and then click, click, I've created an economic opportunity for builders and creators. And we can extend that to, you know, binary customizations and maybe even guys that wanna spin their own hardware boards. And this is all based on the ESP8266 chip, which is a relatively low power, um, small unit that has a limited digital I.O. functionality. I think we're working with, you know, eight digital I.O. pins there and you know ultimately I want to take and it to that's like, like an that's almost 36. like
0: a single board computer like an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi or something.
1: Well yeah yeah so the ESP8266 we use an off the shelf baseboard which is actually in the form factor of an Arduino Uno R3 and you can use the Arduino IDE to flash it if you guys have to cut you know if you get one of these boards you know WeMos D1 R2 or WeMos D1 Mini you can flash it using the Arduino IDE using code on our Git and Connect for free. Mm-hmm. Now we build i o boards that plug into that that make it more useful, but those schematics are also available as well as build files and you know bomb gerbers all everything you need to manufacture it yourself on our git if you wanted to kind of build that and sell those or monetize that or create your own creation. So you don't have to buy it
0: yeah. It's pretty
1: cool stuff, but it, it's it's IOT Legos. That's what it, we're doing. Plugged that's by,
0: exactly. Stuff, eg- Legos. That's a perfect way of, of explaining it. I'm afraid that we're going to lose people who maybe aren't so technical, but that's the, the beauty of everything that you've done here is that you've taken a lot of that technical um, know-how that's usually required to be working with these components and, and it made it real simple for people. But I, I, and you touched on it just a, a minute ago, but I'd like for you to, to, to kind of talk about it a little bit more. Um, you've somehow managed to tokenize all of this, right? And I wondered if you could kind of explain that again, maybe a little bit more abstractly so our audience can kind of wrap their heads around how. And, and I am assuming that you're going to do this all on Cardano.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. There's nothing tokenized yet. So the Gogan doesn't exist, native assets don't exist. So let's let's be very clear about that. Right now I am I have on platform token utilization, which is basically just a digital representation in a database. Mm-hmm. Users are earning tokens via referrals. They can actually purchase them for on-platform use to buy, you know, device upgrades or account upgrades, or you know, make the devices check in faster, that kind of thing. So there's on token utilization, and we're launching now incentives for on token uh, or on platform, uh, incentives, if you will, for data submission, for referrals, for even stake pool staking to community pools. We'll be launching that soon. But the idea is when we tokenize and launch post Gogan, users will be able to pull these tokens down from the centralized platform. So that's kind of the goal. We're getting it kind of going now, testing those measures, building out those business models, and then we're going to enable users to actually secure and and, and pull in their token allocations. So. For example, tokens can be rewarded for simply signing up and connecting a device. The first device you connect, you get some tokens. Also, once your device is confirmed, and it goes, undergoes a series of seven different things that we check on the backend to make sure they're not bots, once the device confirms itself as a unique device, the, the device undergoes what's called a token lottery. Actually, the lottery occurs when it first connects and those tokens are allocated. Once it's confirmed via these seven confirmations, the device can secure those allocations. So you can get a random number of tokens just by using the platform. So that's a pretty cool incentive. But once we move into Gogan, so let's just say I've got a guy in California who grows the perfect tomatoes, right? And he's he's really perfected his profile. He's got his YouTube channel. He shows you how he does his setup. He can say, hey, click this button here and you can buy my profile, right? So other users all over the world can now grow the perfect tomatoes using, you know, Bob or Alice, whoever it is, wherever they may be. So individuals can create and monetize. To further expand on that, let's say Bob used a special I.O. board that Jim made. So Jim has gone off and spun an I.O. board, and he's offered that some way, shape, or form. And it's an open hardware I.O. board, but maybe Jim gets a little cut of that pie. And let's say Alice actually made a binary customization to tweak the watering profile a little bit and that's what Bob is using in his entire setup, Alice can get a little cut of that pie, and that's really what the smart contract will manage in tokenization. Furthermore, um, the binaries or the devices, the hash of that will be stored on the chain so you can make sure that the binary hasn't been hacked in a lot of ways, that helps. Also, the profiles can be stored on chain as opposed to hitting a centralized database. But we'll get to a point, and I'm very close to it, that you know, I've got the devices signing the data using Cardano wallet keys now, so data it submits to the platform, temperature, right? We know mm-hmm. it came from that device. What we'll be able to do is have the devices actually sign transactions themselves, but I'm kind of probably gonna wait until we get more hard, trusted hardware and we can spin IO boards around that. And I know IOG was working on stuff like that, the pandemic kind of threw that off, but there's other solutions coming. I'm just not advocating we store a lot of money on a hardware device until we can have a trusted chip to work with
0: it. Yeah, I totally hear you. This is all really fascinating stuff, Kyle. And uh, I've got a list of links uh, if people want to find out more that I'll put in the description of this video that they can go check out. Now, while I've got you here, you've got multiple pools that you're running. Uh, What are your thoughts on criticism stake pool operators are taking from those in the community that say this is a slap in the face to decentralization?
1: Um, it's, it's a great question. And so I think it comes down to, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of my recent videos, but I strongly, strongly believe that the choices delegators make today and which stake pools they fund, right. Um, I think they should be funding community pools, individuals that are building, creating, supporting, and educating that would include your pool as well. So in regards to that, there's a threshold of capital injection that I think for the most part, if an individual can compete and succeed and it's not a threat to the network, I think it's okay. I think we have a lot of individuals who have shown up a little late to the game who feel a little frustrated that they're not. But then again, we absolutely do have some some serious community contributors that are being overlooked. So, I, I kind of see it as a double edged sword. You know, this gets into like stake pool as a service. Is it good or bad? Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have clients that I run stake pools for. You know, I generate maybe about $500 a month extra, but I don't have a full time job. I got babies to feed. So, in regards to that, that gives me the ability to focus and maintain momentum on things like a doja. So, mm-hmm. Ultimately, I look at it from the perspective of what is going to move the community forward. And if we criticize the individuals that we can touch, you know, guys like me, you, Rick, pay. I'm not saying you're running multiple polls, but I'm just saying individuals who are out there and force them to kind of say, oh, okay, well, maybe I should only do this. We let everybody else who's not public win. And do we want that? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that something we really want to do is criticize these individuals who have a face, who have a name, who can be touched with criticism and force them while, while bad actors who who have stayed quiet or non-public or out of the spotlight. And I'm not saying they're bad actors by any mean. Let's just say individuals that aren't privy to social criticism, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like guys like 1%. I don't – I personally don't think he's a bad actor. But that's a, that's a good example. You know, 22 pools. That's a lot of pools, you know? Yeah. Um and it does take it does filter stake away from individuals who could be deserving so i I think it really comes down to motivation i've seen a lot of people very upset because they're not getting the stake that they feel they deserve do i think every spo who shows up deserves business no do i think people will lose do i think it's natural that people lose yeah i do uh, that doesn't mean that that I'm not out here trying to support individuals who are really trying to change something. You know, you can kind, of, kind of see that in my work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I see it both ways. But anybody who says, oh, um, I don't have stake because you run multiple pools. That's a cop out. And it's sad. Right. You know, I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with you not having stake. because if they didn't run multiple pools, somebody else would get that stake. So, so uh, you got to balance between that. There, there's a really kind of um, rough issue in there. Do I think Rick would do well with running multiple pools with the revenue he's going to get? Yeah, I do. I think Rick would do fantastic with that type of revenue and cash flow. Um, we all would. Community, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's my perspective. I think that if the cash flow is injected to good people— I don't have that much of a problem with it. I mean, let's just take a step back. What did Charles do with all of his money that he earned from Ethereum or Bitcoin?
0: Very good point. Wow, that's, uh, right. that's, a, that's a great point, Kyle, yes. Um, he built, he built, and he's building his tail off. And, if, if and we, thank you know, goodness he did.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got this great opportunity and, and, you know, an opportunity to participate in purpose. So if you've got individuals that are building something, yeah, like I run, I run, three pools um that i advertise and promote you know i've got uh, a couple other pools that i kind of just sit on the back burner and one of them quite frankly only has my delegation i don't promote it at all and it's basically a hot node so if something goes mm-hmm. wrong with my other pools i can switch over and sure. it's already interconnected and i'm doing anything special um and some could argue that yeah maybe i should just run that as a relay but i mean if you look at my total stake i think i probably have like 36 or maybe, yeah, 36 million or something across Mm -hmm. all that. So, I mean, anybody that criticizes me on the regard to running multiple pools, I do it so my delegators can delegate to both, or two pools and split out rewards. It's a strategic advantage in that regard, right? Frog two is crushing ROS. Frog has been a little subpar. So the delegators Mm -hmm. that are splitting it out find it equal. So I I don't, I I, I personally wouldn't tolerate any direct criticism in that regard, you know? Mm. and. Also, me personally, I've enabled more competitors than probably most SPOs just in all the training. So I paid my dues to decentralization, you know.
0: Yes, well, it's still a controversial topic for sure. Kyle, we appreciate you calling in today and sharing your thoughts. If anyone's interested in delegating to Wolf's stake pools, his pools are right there, right on the graphic. He's a very smart guy, helps out a lot of people in the Cardano ecosystem. Kyle, thanks again for calling in.
1: Thank you, James. I appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you again.
0: Folks, that's what we've got for you today. I do want to personally thank you for joining us and hope to see you again on our next episode. If you haven't already, please like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to our channel. And remember, United States of Cardano, ticker USA01, the stake pool who brings you this newscast. And the best way you can support this newscast is to delegate to our stake pool, United States of Cardano, ticker USA01. And if you need to reach out to us or if you've got a story idea, here is our Telegram channel, our Twitter accounts, and our email. But of course, you can always leave a comment in the comments section of this video. And finally, we did a show a while back all about a Doja Wolf in his YouTube channel, and if you missed that and would like to know more, click right here. Again, thanks for watching everyone. We'll see you next time. I'm James Kiever, and that's your Cardano Update.